Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to The Kickoff, brought to you by TickPick. I'm your host, Dan Harris. With me is my producer and the Twinkie-eating champion, Brendan Tuma. It's the last day to enter to an assigned Josh Allen jersey. Guys, all you got to do to enter is leave a review for the show on Apple Podcasts or CastBox, and then go to fantasypros.com slash kickoff to enter. The contest ends tonight at 11.59 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, so make sure to get your entries in before then. As usual, let's catch up on all the latest happenings from yesterday, and then let's just talk about a couple of thoughts that I had after the preseason games this weekend. But first, let's talk about saving money and watching football games, and that means let's talk about TickPick, because at TickPick, they don't charge service fees. They just guarantee the best prices on tickets to NFL games. What do I mean by guarantee? You find another price for tickets on another site. That's better. They're going to give you 110% of the total purchase price. No service fees saves you a ton of money. How much? Over $55 million. That's what TickPick has saved their users. And what's better, they have now teamed up with Zip, which allows you to buy now and pay later for all your tickets. Just choose Zip at checkout, split your ticket purchase into four different installments. Just download the TickPick app, use the code PROS for $10 off your first order when you select Zip at checkout. Again, that is code PROS for $10 off your first order when you download the TickPick app and select Zip at checkout. All right, let's start with some news and notes from yesterday. Trey Lance has a, quote, chip in his finger, and he's going to miss roughly one week. Now, this was getting to be a really, really interesting situation because Jimmy Garoppolo and Lance had been rotating with the first team offense. And Tim Kawakami of The Athletic, he wrote this weekend that Kyle Shanahan had given Lance an opportunity to win the job in camp, but he didn't think he did. Now, some were speculating that both QBs could even rotate a bit during the regular season, which would just be weird and a nightmare, not just for fantasy managers, but for everyone. But now this chip in Lance's finger kind of opens the door for Garoppolo to be the starter at the beginning of the season. Now, again, it's one week, so he may be ready by the start of the season, of course. But I do think that this is an excuse for the 49ers to go to Jimmy Garoppolo early. And when he struggles, and it's probably when, not if, when he struggles, they can turn it over to Trey Lance. Lance remains a fine late-round draft pick, even in single quarterback leagues, in light of his upside. J.K. Dobbins was officially placed on season-ending IR. This is not a surprise. What is a mild surprise is that Jameson Hensley of ESPN reported that undrafted free agent Tyson Williams has leapfrogged Justice Hill for the Ravens' number two running back role. Now, why does this matter? Well, in the one game that Gus Edwards started last year, he played on just 52% of the snaps. Hill received the remaining 48% of the snaps. As we talked about yesterday, this is not just going to be Edwards' backfield to himself. We know that already. We have to see whether or not they're going to bring in a veteran running back. But if they don't, Williams could inherit his former role, and he would therefore be worthy of a late-round pick. Also, Josina Anderson reported that the Ravens are not expected to pursue free agent Todd Gurley, quote, at this time. Now, again, this does not mean that they're not going to add a veteran running back. And in fact, I expect that they probably will. But for now... Williams remains an intriguing late-round selection. Carson Wentz was placed on the reserve COVID list along with Zach Paschal and Ryan Kelly. All three were deemed close contacts of a staff member who tested positive, so that is obviously different and better than any of these guys having tested positive themselves. They're eligible to return in five days as long as they remain asymptomatic and test negative. I would not do anything with this information yet if I'm drafting right now, 
As of this moment, I expect Wentz to be ready for the start of the regular season. A report today came out that Deshaun Watson, if he is not traded, is expected to remain on the Texans' 53-man roster and be a healthy scratch on game day. I have maintained since the beginning of draft season that Watson is not going to play in the NFL this year. That's what made that story over the weekend that the Dolphins are reportedly the frontrunners for Watson so absolutely ludicrous. Everybody asks, should I make a late round selection on Deshaun Watson? If you want to, that's fine. Of course, there remains a minor possibility that he will contribute from a fantasy perspective. But realistically, I think you're wasting your time. I'm ignoring Watson in all of my drafts. Brashad Perriman was cut by the Lions. This was a minor surprise here, and it does mean a meager boost for the stock of both TJ Hawkinson and certainly Amon Ross St. Brown, who, again, I had sort of discounted as a sleeper coming in right now because his usage in the preseason had really suggested that he was going to be the odd man out. He was only going to play in three wide receiver sets, and it just wasn't worth your time. But now, without Perriman, I do think that St. Brown, again, falls into the sleeper bucket. Hawkinson is still somebody who I'm avoiding because, again, we're going to go early or we're going to go late with tight ends. But to the extent you are drafting Hawkinson, I would feel slightly more confident in him today than I did yesterday. Darwin Thompson was waived by the Chiefs, and they're going to enter Labor Day weekend with just three running backs on the roster with Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Darrell Williams, and Jarek McKinnon. If anything, this is a good sign for Clyde Edwards-Alaire's health, which I think nobody had really worried about at all right now. But he is going to be the back. He is going to get almost all of the work coming in. Darrell Williams remains a priority handcuff option, in my opinion. Finally, Marquise Brown returned to practice from his hamstring injury. Obviously, a good sign for his availability in season, but it's not somebody who I think you should be targeting. We know what the Ravens are going to do. The fact that J.K. Dobbins is going to miss the season should not change their philosophy, which again remains the most run-heavy offense in the league. All right, before we touch on a couple of preseason takeaways, let's talk quickly about Sleeper. Sleeper is growing, and a big part of that is their dynasty leagues. They are the largest dynasty platform for fantasy football. Number one by a mile. And Dynasty, guys, we we talked about it yesterday, and some people asked Dynasty podcasts in our Discord, and again, I hope they listen to the Fantasy Pros Dynasty football podcast hosted by Yates, but it's super fun, and it's a different way of thinking about football, and again, the fun never ends. It goes on, the trash talking, all of it year round. If you want to stay connected with your friends all year, Dynasty is the way to do it. Sleeper is the place. Just download it from the App Store or the Google Play Store. It is worth it. All right, let's very quickly touch on a few takeaways from some preseason games, and let us start with the Broncos, and let us start with Cortland Sutton. Now, earlier in this podcast, not today, but about a week ago, I talked about the fact that I had finally gone ahead and moved Jerry Judy ahead of Cortland Sutton in my rankings, because still, we had not seen Sutton healthy, and a lot of the videos from camp had not made me feel optimistic, but that is no longer. Stefania Bell tweeted a clip of him out and talked about how it showed that he was confident in his ability to cut. And again, it's it's an eye test a little bit, right? But if you watch that video, you see how confidently he can plant off his surgically repaired knee. That is a really good sign, given all the negative reports that he had from Kemp. Now, also with Denver, they did not play Devontae Williams this past weekend, and they insist he was not injured. Melvin Gordon, however, did play. I don't really know what the deal is with this one, but I'm not letting it factor into my rankings. I'm still drafting Javante Williams as, you know, a flex play who I'm probably not expecting that much from, at least early in the season. And Gordon also as kind of a low-end flex. Gordon earlier in the season, Javante Williams later in the season. 
The Bills opened Saturday's game against the Packers with 16 consecutive passing attempts. That's obviously encouraging for the possibility of Josh Allen taking his already elite game to an entirely new level. Remember, the Bills threw 64% of the time last year in neutral game scripts. That was the fourth highest rate in the league. And that could go even higher perhaps this year, especially since offensive coordinator Brian Dable was not hired as a head coach like many thought he might be. Now, again, this could just be the Bills wanting to work out some of the kinks, let Josh Allen do what he wants to do. But again, it's possible that this is a bigger sign. In the meantime, what is the impact on the running backs? If they are going to lean more into the past, then neither Singletary nor Moss is going to be able to contribute. But also, if you watch their usage, they simply rotated series this entire preseason game and really throughout the entire preseason whenever they both played. So again, there's no reason to go into Buffalo when you are looking for a running back this year. Finally, let's talk about the Panthers and specifically let's talk about Terrace Marshall. He continued to shine despite often being tagged as the team's number three option or the big slot receiver. He averaged over 20 yards per reception in the preseason. He finished with nine catches on 12 targets, 181 yards, and a TD on a red zone screen this past weekend. Now, I know it's the preseason. It may not mean much, but Marshall was PFF's number one rated rookie wide receiver this preseason. DJ Moore, meanwhile, had a 2.5 A dot on six targets. That's like Debo Samuel level. Now, I'm not going to go crazy over this. Again, it's the preseason. They're just feeling things out. But it's possible that he will transition to more of an underneath role, which is kind of what his prospect profile suggested he was a lead at. Moore had a career-high 13.2 A dot last season. He, he was still good in that role, but it actually might be better for him if he turns into more of the underneath wide receiver that he was projected to be. All right, that's going to do it for today's show. Thanks again to TickPick. Remember, download the app, use the code PROS, and get $10 off your first order when you select Zip at checkout. And don't forget to check out the Sleeper app. And again, play some Dynasty Leagues. And when you do play them on Sleeper, it's awesome, sleek, cool, tons of customizable features. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'll talk to you again tomorrow morning.